God. Here we go. <laughs> Hi, my name is Roman Zaragoza. I am of Akama Otam, Mexican, Japanese, and Taiwanese descent. And um, I'm an actor, uh, aspiring producer, and filmmaker, uh, storyteller, uh, crazy kid, all the, all the fun things. And uh, But I'm currently... You can currently see me on Ghosts on CBS, where I play a character named Sasapis, who is a 500-year-old ghost uh, who's Lenape and who loves stirring up drama and calling white people out on their bullshit. Which is why we love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he's a fun one. He's a fun one. <laughs> and totally into reality TV. Loves reality TV, <laughs> loves drama, loves all these trash trashy tv shows which i'd love he's got layers you know he's layered and he can't get the girl no no he can't well he got one he tried he got one for a little bit and then she had to leave but you know you know that's he's a lover (laughs) he really is a lover yeah (laughs) so how long have you been in the business Oof, that is a interesting question i um I was very much thrown into the industry at a young age. My father, uh, Gregory Saragossa, is an actor and has been acting for, geez, 35 years or so. And so I went into the industry because of my dad and my two older sisters were you know, acting when we were all younger. So um, my first modeling gig, I think I was like six months old. They threw me in for like this uh, baby's book or something. Like it was called Wow Babies. It's like a little modeling book for babies. Um, and, uh, and and you know, when I was younger, I did little Chuck E. Cheese commercials. And um, but I always like wanted my parents to homeschool me to really dive into the whole child actor thing. But but uh, they didn't, and I'm so grateful they didn't because I uh, I had a good rather normal childhood if that makes sense uh, rather normal and um uh and uh so but i did like some commercials here and there as a kid i did a a pilot for nickelodeon when i was 13 that did not get picked up um and uh little disney channel things in in um, high school and stuff like that so it's a very interesting question because i feel like i i want to say i've been acting my whole life however my 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 real answer of like how long I've been pursuing it, I would say around 10 years. Oh, okay. That's what I would say. And did you formal training on top of all of the real life experience? Um, yeah, so when I, um, I took, I've been taking acting classes since I was, uh, you know, 10 years old. I did an improv class at like Atlantic Theater Company in New York and stuff like that. And, you know, acting in middle school and high school. But um, once I graduated high school, that was when I think the real... Um, training happened. I went to Cal State Northridge for film production after not getting into UCLA for theater. Um, I had a whole midlife crisis at at 18 years old because I thought I was going to go this route and my head was humongous at the time and, and, uh, and, and it all changed very, very quickly. So I, uh, I went to Cal State Northridge because I wanted to make my own films because I was really tired of playing stereotypes, um, of playing the Asian nerd, or just the stereotypical native character, and I was just like, always written by a white person, and I'm like, I'm so tired of this, I want to make my own stories, 
and um, and so I went to school for that. And then and then while I was doing that, I uh, I was taking acting classes at different studios in L.A. Um, I was working with Alan Feinstein, um, Dennis Lavelle, different uh, acting teachers in L.A. While also working with Native Voices at the Autry, which I started working with them since I was 15, but really started working with them when I was 18. I did a play called um, Off the Rails with them about the Indian boarding schools. And that play really changed my life and put me on a trajectory that I'm just so grateful for. Um, so, yeah, I... Um, I I would say Native Voices was a big part of my training, and then when I went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival with the show Off the Rails, uh, I, I got to train even more and learn about Shakespeare and learn about, just learn from some of the most incredible actors I've ever met in my life, and so I, I owe so much of my my training and, and my craft to, uh, to that place. Very cool. Now, did I hear that you were at UCB with Joey? Um, no, I was not with UCB with Joey. I did take UCB. Um, I did not climb the ladders as much as okay. the incredible Joey Clift. But um, I, uh, yes, so I didn't. I didn't do. I have done improv other places and then a little bit of UCB. But uh, but definitely want to do more because you see people like Joey Clift and you see some of these other uh, UCB Jeff people. Sheen. Oh my I gosh. Mean. Incredible, yeah. and like yeah. some of the most of the cast on Ghosts are all um, either UCB groundlings or Second City. Really? Yeah. So, oh. so all the actors listening out there, do improv. Like, trust <laughs> me, do improv. It works. <laughs> yeah. So you have this community in LA of native actors. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about who, how you made those connections and what that means, especially to people who are moving to L.A.? You know, Janet's been talking about how she found her little group of people mm-hmm. to help support her. And can you talk, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I am so, so grateful for my Native theater community, all things to Native Voices at the Autry. They have been my second home since I was about 15. Um, thanks to Randy Reinhold um, and Jean Bruce Scott, who are the former artistic directors. And now Domina Studi is the artist director, uh, all amazing um, as well. Uh, but Randy Reinholtz and Jean really kind of raised me. Um, we're like my second parents. Like Jean Bruce Scott taught me how to make eggs. Um, she... Uh, and uh, and Randy was such a big mentor for me. He taught me so much about the art of acting and storytelling and why it's important and why we do what we do as performers and like the the the, the power of the work because you know um, Native Voices is not a big theater company, but we dove into these stories. Like there was once. Uh, I did a show with um, Kalan Studi and a bunch of amazing uh, indigenous actors and, and creatives uh, called They Don't Talk Back, written by Frank Kashkatas. And they were able to um, bring us to Alaska because the show was about this family in Alaska. And we got to hang out with the, the, the playwright and he took us 
to a cabin and we smoked fish and and we 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 saw just so much of what the play was about it was we got to immerse ourselves into the reality of it which transformed the the performances because we learned the language we learned um just so much of 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 what of what you can't you can't teach people like you have to either feel it you have to ingest it in a different way and i was just so grateful for that experience and and that play meant so so much to me um because it talked about indigenous people in a contemporary lens and we're talking about um this contemporary story but using traditional elements and we're uh, yeah, I just loved it so so much. Like my character was into rap music, and he was a storyteller himself, but he didn't align with the traditional ways. And they're like, "Well, what you're doing is the traditional ways. You're just doing it in a, a different sense. You're still storytelling." And it's it's a very very powerful play. Um, and Frank Kashkatas has like taken off since then. So I'm I'm uh, incredibly grateful for that community. Um, but there's. Uh, but yeah, so the, so the Native theater community is really, really based from Native voices, and uh, I, I owe so much to them. Every time I'm in L.A., I try to you know, see, see the whole family and stuff like that. And I was just in Seattle where I saw Between Two Knees, which is the 1491's new play, and uh, Kalan Studi's in that show, Sean Taylor Corbett is in that show, Shyla Leffner, I'm just trying to, all the native, there's so many native voices people in that show, and people that I've grown up with, that, um, so it's just so cool to see everybody doing their thing, and um, so it's always fun when we can come back to LA and, and, and get the whole family back together. Yeah. Kalan was telling us that he has like a little game that he plays to see how early people walk out of Between Two Knees. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And he was amazing. So I saw the opening night two nights ago, um, and he went on as the understudy. Yeah. And he was phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. I'm so proud of him. Um, Kalan, if you do listen to this, I love you, dude. Um, and I'm so proud of you. You're freaking amazing. And the whole cast was incredible. The show is amazing. I was actually an understudy for the play when it was at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Well, and uh, Between Two Knees was just on the East Coast. It was. So they went wow. to Yale Rep. They That's went to the McCarter Theater in, in Boston. They're in Seattle. My fingers are crossed that they're going to be on. Broadway. I'm manifesting it and I'm putting it out there because the show is one of my favorite plays I've ever seen. Then there'll be the it second has to be. That's right. Uh, it, it mean, has to be. There's no way it could be. It's so good. Jerusalem was also a mm -hmm. Autry yep. veteran. I oh, yeah. Call it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's. And it started. And opening. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah. We worked on her trailer. Yeah. And now she's got a play opening on, on Broadway in March. Right. I'm so excited. It's so cool. Yeah, I've known Larissa since I was a kid. Like, she is killing it. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of everybody because, like, you know, the people have been putting in the work for years and years and thinking about Randy and Jeannie who started Native Voices back in the 90s and, like, you know... Who knew that all this stuff would, you know, we, we really wanted all this stuff to happen, but sometimes you're like, is the world ready? Or like, so much of the, these theaters are, are run by, um, 
let's say, non-BIPOC people, and um, the audiences are usually non-BIPOC people, and so it's like, are these audiences ready to see this? But it's really exciting when I saw Between Two Knees in Seattle, and I was always looking, like, who's leaving? Anyone leaving? Anyone leaving? And, like, people didn't leave. They were there, and and they um, and they took it, you know, sometimes, and there's a lot of really in-your-face stuff towards white people, and the people took it, and they're like, hey, this is us learning, and we're going to laugh through it, we're going to cry through it, and we're all going to heal, and it's so, so beautiful. That play, oh my god, I'm just so, so, so proud of that play, because it really hits you hard because it makes you laugh so hard you're about to pee and then you're crying you're like how did i do that like what 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 just happened so and that's in my opinion some of the 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 best storytelling Mm -hmm. so how how difficult is it to go from theater to series tv i mean that's a big jump yeah, honestly, it's been um, it's been an interesting transition. I've done TV, you know, most of my life, but uh, I've never been a series regular. So to go like week after week and to kind of almost like I'm doing a play where I'm like I can get the reps in, it feels really good. But it feels very different. There's a lot of aspects that you can take from both and bring into the other, um, like. Um, I, I, I used to do a lot of new plays, uh, especially with Native Voices, where we were constantly uh, working on new plays, new short plays, and learning lines really quickly, and da 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 And that really helped me for Ghosts, because Ghosts, it's like, you get a script the day before, and you're shooting that next day. It's like, oh gosh, I gotta memorize all these lines. And so, um, so yeah, my, my uh, line learning has gotten a lot, a lot better. Um, I'm very good at learning things and I'm very good at forgetting things. So I have a very good um, memory and then purging of it. I, I, can, I can forget things very quickly, um, which I think is important because I don't want to hold that information. I'm like, I don't need you know, these lines from episode two. I mean, in season two, episode five, like, I don't need that in my brain. So my brain just goes, all right, that's out. And so whenever someone asks me, uh, hey, you remember this line? And I'm like, I really don't. I really, I wish I did. I'm so sorry. Um, and you don't have to worry about costume fittings every week. I don't. So that saves a lot of time, which so is fantastic. I don't fantastic. know if that's a blessing or a curse. It's one of the things we've talked to Michael Gray on is, and he was like, you know, one of the things that I really liked about being contemporary mm-hmm. was that I actually have wardrobe. Mm-hmm. instead of leather and feather. Totally. Yeah, it is an interesting thing. Like, I, I think about that a lot. And I, I uh, there, there are pros and cons. Of course, it's nice to be in one costume and I have to change constantly. And it really does feel like theater sometimes because I come uh, to set every day. I, I dress in the same clothes. I almost have, like, a... Um, like my my rituals now because it's just this is how it works but then uh but yeah there are some times i'm like yeah i I think i want to change my clothing it'd be nice to wear something contemporary i think there's there's aspects of that for sure um but uh yeah there's definitely there's there's pros and cons to both for sure yeah yeah i think well native twitter was really excited when dallas goldtooth showed up yes on that episode yeah that was that was cool to see I absolutely adore him. I love him so much. Um, when when uh, when that script was coming out, I was like messaging my our showrunners. I'm like, hey, I have I have, I have people in mind. Please like 
pick out of these four people. Like, just just pick one. Like, uh, you've seen Res Dogs. Like, you gotta you gotta bring this guy on. And so they got him, and I was so happy because he's a busy man. He's a busy man. He's working on a ton of things, Um, and I uh, I was just really happy that we got him. And and he's such a talented guy, so humble and so down to earth, and such a good person. So it was nice to to have like some time with him he come up, came up to montreal we got dinner a few times and and uh, you know i've like we've met in passing a few times but haven't had like time like just the two of us to really hang out so it was really nice to have that time he's a he's a good 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 guy he's so tall he's super tall super tall i was on set for the uh for the pilot of Fred's talks mm-hmm. and he just walks up and we're all like hello yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. I was not a, wow. You're a tall man. <laughs> yeah. He was sitting on that horse and his legs mm-hmm. are hanging down the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> we need a bigger horse. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. No, he's awesome. I really love him. Yeah. So, what do you see as the future of native representation in media? What are you looking forward to, hoping happens? Honestly, just the continuation of what is currently starting to happen, where we're seeing Native people not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera, in the production offices, higher ups. Like, that is the importance. Uh, because, like, we take a play like um, the Thanksgiving play, where the characters are not Native, but it is a native story because you've written by a native playwright and we're talking about native issues. So I think that in itself is bringing native representation because you have now a native playwright that can be like, okay, cool, this is the story that I want. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be native people. Actually, I prefer not to be native people because I want them to make fun of themselves. Like, this can be great. Um, and I think that's interesting. But then you also have your Red Dogs. You also have your Rutherford Falls. You also have characters um, on so many different shows. Uh, but something that I'm very proud that Ghost is doing, and I think um, this needs to continue with every, every show and every, every um, film, is you, you can't just have a native character... If you're going to have a native character in a native TV show, I mean, on, on a TV show, you should have a native writer. You should have a consultant at, at, the, at, at, you know, at the very least. Um, and then, in addition, bring in more, bring in more people, more, more native voices, more native characters. Cause, um, so that, that's been my excitement with Ghosts, and I really want us to have more and dive more into that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I really want to see more... Um, like this next generation, because um, I have a lot of friends, a lot of native friends who are filmmakers, and they're they're putting in their hours and they're doing the thing, and I'm just so proud of them. And, and I'm like, just give them a couple years, and they're gonna be they're gonna be the the next Sterlings, they're gonna be the next uh, Taikas. So um, I'm just excited to be part of that next generation coming up. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for native representation coming because. Um, because I think people are, are, are really seeing that they can connect with these stories. You know, you don't have to just be Native. You're like, oh, I can connect with Sasapis. You know, I'm not Native, but I can connect with this. And it's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about Native representation in film and TV. So you shared that your dad 
and Kalan's dad mm-hmm. acted together a lot, like, or at least in uh, Last, of the Last Mohicans. Mohicans. Yeah, so they were in Last Mohicans together. Yeah. Uh, so that was always so funny to think about uh, because Kalan and I are such good friends now. Mm-hmm. I consider him literally my cousin. He's amazing. Uh, so to think that like his dad and my dad back in like what is that 80s 90s or yeah, something probably, 90s, or 90s early 90s this is so wild to think about yeah, that like yeah. they were like hanging out so it's pretty cool <laughs> and to see how far in just one generation mm-hmm. i mean total leather and feather total one dimension white savior mm-hmm. and now what y'all are doing mm-hmm. one generation yeah it's wonderful yeah it's very very exciting definitely more work to do definitely you know more that can happen but it is it's good to see the progress um because you know we all know this industry can be a little whitewashing and uh, and uh you know you get the occasional scripts from a different film and you're like oh man this is going in the wrong direction what are we doing like i don't want i don't want to do this um but then you get that the you know another audition like i helped my uh I call him my cousin, but I helped my cousin um, record an audition for Resball. Like, that's an exciting project that's in the works right now, too. Like, all these films, I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my one degree of separation, my older brother was on uh, Last Summer Heacon, so he worked with your dad. No way! Look at that! There you go! So, yeah, and back that time, that was a big deal because they were grabbing everybody from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I think they came here to, oh, I think that OU, right? That they came, do you even know? You probably don't remember. Yeah, they came. Oh, yeah. it was the Pawnees. Did they? In Shawnee. Okay, yeah, so they got a lot of people and so a lot of it. Indians from right here. They said it was just just crazy just have all the Indians around. It was so hot that the, the, little, the, the white people were like passing out. <laughs> and they were so like, what's wrong with these guys? They didn't say hydrated. <laughs> and uh, one line was uh, where this white officer, it's like a big monologue, and he kept fucking up his lines. And by the, by like, about the, you know, 10th take or whatever, you, they said, people in the back were saying his lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it. It's this word. That's funny. That's so funny. But it's so interesting to think about because, like, those movies, while they were not perfect, they progressed native representation. Like, Dances with Wolves, same thing. Like, Graham Greene getting an Oscar nomination. That's huge. Of course, that film has a lot of problems. Yeah. But still, we needed those to happen for us to get to the Res Dogs, to get to the Rutherford Falls, which is, uh, you know, it's those baby steps that, you know, Wes and Graham Greene, my dad, and all these incredible indigenous actors, um, Tantu Cardinal, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, Tantu Cardinal in Dance of the Films. Oh my gosh, dream interview for me. Yeah. Oh my God, she is she is so so sweet, such like good heart, such a yeah, good she heart. Yeah, she was here in a moment for uh, Oh, that's right. I was like, ooh, should I Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, you got Kara coming to and just yeah, yeah, she's, she's here. So yeah, so you know. Grab her oh, nice. Yeah, I'm sure she can maybe connect you with. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. 
and just so many so many cool people and so many cool people doing really really exciting things which is um yeah it's just a really exciting time what about you what's next what are you pro- projects Writing, producing? Um, Yeah. So uh, currently I have a short film uh, doing the festival circuit called This Is Their Land. It is about the Modoc War of 1872 to 1873, uh, where it centers on the Modoc people and particularly uh, Kinpush, otherwise known as Captain Jack, who uh, went into uh, peace negotiations with the U.S. Army um, for a reservation on their homelands. So they are the indigenous people of Southern Oregon, Northern California. And it's an incredible true story about how the Modoc people fought off the U.S. Army for about nine months. And it was 50 Modoc against three to 400 U.S. soldiers. And, you know, they were, Modoc were families, you know, not, they were not soldiers. They were, they were just their people fighting the U.S. Army, but it's um, it's an incredible story because it dives into how they use the land. They because it's a, all these lava beds were um, in northern Northern California on the on the eastern side has these incredible lava beds, and and that is where the the, the Modoc are from. That's their original homeland. So they were able to use the use the lands to uh, for their advantage and and uh, fight against the U.S. Army. Um, but it's also a rather tragic story too. And it's one that we tell, that we wanted to tell because it's the reality of what happened to a lot of native people, you know, and, and, and then also the repercussions that happened and what they're dealing with today because of it. And, you know, think about this is literally the 150th anniversary since the end of the war this year. And so they're doing, um, they're having an event up there and they're screening our film, which is really cool because um, we got to work with uh, direct descendants from, from the war, which is really, really cool. And um, so I'm very, very proud of the project. And that was my senior thesis project from Cal State Northridge. And I was a producer on that one. So I, um, yeah, so that's something I'm working on. I'm currently writing some stuff and I'm in hiatus for ghosts. So I'm, I'm traveling around and trying to see some people and, um, take advantage of my off time and yeah my sister and I might start a podcast like things nice. like that you know so I'm, I'm taking notes <laughs> what are you talking about? y'all killing it you know I, I, if anything this is making me want to do it more uh, I um, yeah I, there's, there's there's a lot of things I want to do I also want to um, uh, yeah just spend more time with family which has been really nice um, and uh yeah, we've been. It's been. It's been a really, really good time. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else is going on. That 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 that's my life pretty much. Well, yeah, like well, let's see. Yeah, I'm such a like. I'm I'm a very present person. So it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, hmm. I'm in Oklahoma. I am. Trying to find an Uber. Yeah, trying to find an Uber. I'm at the First American Museum. That's what I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I like plan like a month ahead. And if someone's like, what are you doing in two months? I'm like, I have no idea. Because yeah. like, if, you, if you're thinking too much, it's like you, my brain will start to spiral. It's like, what is going on in this world? I don't know. But it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sitting in a room talking with some cool people. Like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> You got a trip to New York planned. 
That is right. See, you know my life more than I do. Yeah, yeah. Angela, what am I doing with my life? Forget. Oh, that's right. I'm going to New York tomorrow. Thank you. I'm seeing some Broadway shows. That's right. I gotta get tickets to Thanksgiving. Look at this. I need to hire you. Yeah, see, I need this. I need this in my life. I need this in my life. It's so funny because, like, I want to be a producer and also I'm like, oh, man, I'm such an actor. Like, I'm such a, like, I could be so, like, spacey and so, like, disorganized where I'm like, I don't think I should be a producer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm more of like, make me an executive producer, right? Just put my name on it and then I'll just be the one that talks to people. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to New York. I have some travel planned. Um, yeah, I'm going to a wedding. That's that's pretty much my life. I'm, I'm trying to uh, work on some music stuff. I, I'm trying to honestly, this is the year where I'm... I'm I, I, I feel so lucky and privileged where I have a, a job that is, knock on wood, somewhat secure. Um, and so I have the ability to kind of ask myself, what do I want to do outside of work now? Because um, work was so much of my life for so long of, of grinding, 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 trying to get the job, trying to do this, trying to do this. And now it's like, you have a really good job. And you can do other work, and uh, and that'll come. But it's like, what else do you want to do with your life? You know, spend time with family and loved ones, travel, um, do hobbies, I and uh, make music, and you know, write your own stories. So I'm definitely starting to uh, to develop some of my own stories and trying to see how I want to how I want to tell those. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you know when they're when it's all coming. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do. I think we're following you on Twitter. So. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I need to tweet more. I'm such a, I'm so bad with Twitter. You know. That's a full time job in itself. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I need to hire someone to do all this stuff for me. It's wild. Like, social media is is a job. It is exhausting. It is exhausting. But uh, but it's also it can be very very beautiful the way that I connect with people and so. Yeah, I mean, you guys got a shout out for shout out from. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yes, I did. Wow. So that was really that crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Who knew? You know, that was so cool. Luke Skywalker shouting us out, and then was kind enough to shout us out individually. Like, who does that? Like, I have friends who don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he's so sweet. He did so kind, and and uh, for him to do that was just like, wow. You are. You are. The force is, is with him, you know? Like, he's, he's a good... The force is stronger that one. Yeah, that's it. Oh, no, he's, 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 he's amazing. That was, that was pretty surreal. I remember I was, like, seeing a play with my friend, and I was like, look what, look what Mark Hamill just tweeted about our show. This is crazy. And then literally at intermission, I took my phone out. I'm like, oh, my God, he tweeted me. Like, <laughs> what is going on? My life is crazy. I don't know what's happening. Um, so, yeah, that was really cool. And... Um, and, you know, it, it, it was also a nice reminder of, like, how that little blurb that he tweeted meant so much to me, meant so much to our team. And so it's like, pass it forward. There's some people out there that, that think very highly of, of ghosts, and I like to give my time and, and tweet to them back because, you know, it just it means so much. So, I, I yeah, Mark Hamill, you're inspiring me, and you're inspiring. I love it. <laughs> 
So where on social media can we find you other than Twitter? Um, yes, um, Instagram is where I'm usually the uh, the most active. Uh, so just find me, Roman Zaragoza, and um, I am on TikTok occasionally. Oh, okay. On on the TikTok, <laughs> uh, I think I'm the Roman Zaragoza because someone because someone had Roman Zaragoza already. I was like, the same thing with my Twitter. I was like, can't can I just be my name? <laughs> um, but I'm not. Uh, but yeah, mostly on Instagram. That's where you'll find me. So reach out. I'll do my best. I'm so, I'm trying to be better about all these social media things. But again, I like to be in the moment. I like to just be where I am. But yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a really fun journey. Well, good. Well, thank you for saying that. Oh my god, thanks for having me. This is so much fun, and I appreciate you all taking the time. This is really cool. Yeah, well, good luck tomorrow. I should say break leg tomorrow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see if I uh, remember all my lines. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs>this is noetta with the real indigenous podcast at the indigipop cosplay contest and we're here with one of our winners could you tell us your name and where you're from my name is monique vigil and i'm from cuba new mexico who is your character ahsoka tano from star wars <laughs> what inspired you to be this uh, character um just the figure that she has been in woman and the star wars universe she's a she's a very great fighter with her two sabers so it's a very it's fun to dress up as a warrior <laughs> warrior princess <laughs> did you make your costume um i didn't make my costume the only thing that's handmade is the skirt which is from my partner's mother she did the star wars ribbon skirt and the rest is just like leather leather straps moccasins and then i have a studded belt on and turquoise <laughs> turquoise is the armor right yes it is <laughs> have you been here all weekend first of all yes i have been here all three days and i have dressed up all three days it has been so fun um my partner here he's actually a vendor and he's the reason why i got started into cosplay in the first place do you do cosplay contests anywhere else no this is my first one so are you guys uh, gonna come back next year if we have it again definitely. most yeah. definitely awesome thank you so much for your time congratulations thank you My name is Paige. Our, I'm also an artist under the brand uh, Nullify, if you want to check that out. And who are you cosplaying? I'm cosplaying the female protagonist from Persona 3. Can you tell me the name? She doesn't have a name. <laughs> you pick a that's, name. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> and what tribe are you from? I am not from any tribe, but I do live in Ada, which is mostly Chickasaw. So a lot of the... Uh, um, a lot of like everything there is like influenced by Chickasaw and like I will say they made it better than what the local government does. <laughs> why do you cosplay this person or why do you cosplay? Because I love Persona 3. I played it when I was like 13. So it's very dear to me. I love this character. Um, how long have you been cosplaying? Since I was 16, so like 11 years. Nice. Yep. Do you make your own things? I do, yeah. So you do? You make yeah. That's so awesome. I didn't make the wig, but I styled it, but that's a different <laughs> thing.
This is Noetta with the Real Indigenous Podcast, and I've got another cosplayer. What's your name and where are you from? Um, I'm Paula Marie Herbert, and I'm from the Navajo Nation, New Mexico. Oh, you came all the way from New Mexico. Yes. Awesome. So tell me who you are cosplaying as. Um, this is an original character. I had gone through, was trying to do an indigenous version of something, and once I let go of sort of like what's already been done, this was born. Okay, can you describe your costume for me just for our listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, I am wearing a skirt that I made, and it's like an armor Roman kind of um, skirt. I have Wonder Woman sword because it was originally Wonder Woman. And then I'm wearing um, my squash blossom uh, all the way down to my concha belt, which my dad actually made, and my bracelet, my big bracelets. And the whole concept is that our turquoise is our armor, so I'm kind of basing that off of that um knowledge is our turquoise and our jewelry is our armor and that's what protects me in battle well we definitely love your costume definitely excited to see you featured what have you seen here and what's been most exciting for you okay so i saw pikachu and that was really super exciting but what's really super exciting is actually all of the indigenous creators and creativeness in this space and it's one of the wonderful things about being in this space and everything and also um i'd like to say that i'm only here in the capacity of the wrong indian podcast so we also have a podcast as well yeah oh awesome and so that's what the biggest thing is meeting other podcasters and networking and getting to know the community and just reconvening uh, I'm Theodore. I'm from Moore, Oklahoma. And who is are you cosplaying as today? I'm cosplaying Chihiro Fujisaki from Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. That's awesome. So what inspires you about this character? Um, I just love like their personality. They're very cute and they dress very cute. Uh, I just, I really like them. <laughs> are there any other uh, characters that you cosplay as? Oh, I cosplay a lot of characters, uh, mainly like anime, mainly guy characters. Uh, I really like cute characters more. I, a little bit of everything I kind of cosplay. How long have you been cosplaying? Uh, probably for like three, two years-ish. Do you make your own um, costumes? Uh, I don't actually. I buy all of my cosplays from like Amazon. I do like style the wigs and stuff myself, but I buy everything online. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. My name is Desba Rose and I am Yuchi Navajo and Chippewa. I'm originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, but now I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, so you're close by. Awesome. So I've seen some of your cosplay. You do a lot of different characters. Mm-hmm. Which ones are your favorites? Um, I really love the X-Men, so I have a lot of X-Men characters. <laughs> I have Storm, Rogue, uh, Daddy Moonstar. And um, right now I'm dressed as Chun-Li, which is also one of my favorites. So uh, just a lot of strong female characters are usually what I gravitate towards, too. How long have you been cosplaying? Um, I've been dressing up pretty much my whole life. It's always been something I really enjoyed, even when I was a little kid. Um, but I started kind of getting more into the cosplaying regularly as I got into adulthood and helped um, put on the first Indigenous Comic Con as an intern and then was dressed up there and then kind of got thrown into the role of 
being the um, cosplayer every year uh, for the Comic Con. So now I'm in it. Uh, I was just kind of working the booth at, at one point, and now I'm the featured cosplayer every year. So, so do you make your own costumes? Um, some of them I do. This one I didn't, um, just because I have a baby now, and so it's like I can only do so much. Um, but I typically do. I do a lot of sewing, beadwork. Um, I've even done some jewelry, like metal smithing type of work too. Um, but yeah, since I'm a mom now, like it's it's really difficult to find the time to actually make things. So this one I had to buy. But I've also made, you know, the bracelets and beaded some of the um, the accessories. So. Awesome. You look great, by the way. I really enjoy your work. So thank you you for coming to Oklahoma City. Uh, What's been your favorite part of the con this year? Um, I think just having it open again. I think it's been like since 2019 since we've had an uh, indigenous pop ex. And so it's just nice being reunited with all of our old friends that were at the old conventions, and especially back when it was in Albuquerque. Um, Since I'm from there and from here, it's a nice like melding of like you know, my family that's from here and all of my friends and um, creatives that I know from New Mexico coming together and just like being able to reconnect with people and meet new people and just keep that um, community growing um, is really important to me, um, especially as indigenous people that are trying to push our own narratives forward. Hi, my name is Shauna Baker. I am Dacat from the Salatin Nation. I am a um, social media influencer, actress, and I play video games for a living on Twitch. Okay, so I know you from Twitch. I've seen your content and everything. Can you explain a little bit what Twitch is and kind of what you do on there? Twitch is a gaming platform, not really a gaming platform, because you could still, um, it's a streaming platform. So I guess the best way to describe Twitch is um, like Facebook Live or Instagram Live or TikTok Live, but you can play video games on it. But it's not just, it's known for gaming, but you don't really need to game. Um, You could do cooking platforms, you could do, they call it IRL streams, which is kind of like Facebook Live where people talk um, to to your community. And um, it's a way for um, you to connect with, because there's, there's a large indigenous um, community on Twitch too. So it's a great way to like be social if you're not social, but also play games and have fun. Awesome, awesome. And so we, you also said you're an actress. Yes. What have you been on? Um, you can actually catch me in the newest season of Brotherford Falls um, on Peacock. Um, it got canceled, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is really sad. But you'll see me. I'm the mean girl in it. So if, the, if you see me mug, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, kind of projects are you working on now? Um, right now, I'm actually working on a project. Um, it's a um, podcast, actually. So um, can't really say too much about it, but um, it's an indigenous um, podcast. I'm actually working with Lee Francis, actually part of um, with it. He's also one of the organi- main organizers of this convention, mm-hmm. and um, I am working on um, a new TV show as well, um, awesome. and a movie that I recently booked. Awesome. That's so great. So where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Shauna Baker. That's S-H-A-U-N-A Baker. Um, I'm on for um, at Shauna Baker at Instagram, at Shauna Baker at Twitter. 
um, Facebook and um, on TikTok. Someone took my name, so my that's okay. It is what it is. Um, she has all my followers, but whatever. Um, but my TikTok is Shauna Baker Official, and that's where I do a lot of my TikTok skits. It's mostly indigenous content. It's mostly like TikTok skits about what us indigenous people go through, especially the indigenous women. Yeah. I'm Miko. Uh, my artist name is Light Show with an exclamation uh, mark. It's just a pseudonym. Uh, but uh, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Been born here. I'm a Muscogee native, just like my pa. Um, I've had just an amazing time, like at the show so far. Um, like as much as I like to make money, because like, like I mean, who who doesn't? But coming here, just seeing all these cool people and just seeing all the cool artists and just like all the people just seeing the passion that like just people have here whether they're artists uh, people buying the art or just looking at it you can tell that there's just passion no matter where you finding it because people just love art people love I love seeing art too and just seeing all these people coming together it's just cool and it's just awesome to see a bunch of fucking natives around all the time it's so cool so is this your first uh, con uh, this is my second where else have you gone? I went to Skazdakon, um back in, I think it was November. Yeah, I don't remember, but either way, that was my first convention. I had a lot of fun there, too. Everything positive that I could say uh, then, I can say now. So, so uh, describe your art to me. I don't know how I would necessarily describe it. I could describe, like, what inspired it, because, like, my dad's an artist, too, and he definitely... Uh, when I was growing up, he showed me a lot of old, old comics, because the man's like 60, so, uh, like, all those old, old black and white comics, and I always loved them when he showed them to me, because I just love the contrast, and just, like, that black and white uh, work is what got me into pen work, and so he was, like, my biggest inspiration, and, like, I'm also a huge fan of robots, and I just also just love being native, and I like to incorporate all those things. Uh, into my work and that's basically just what I try to do so I wouldn't say it's like futurism but there's definitely just like this fusion of like my uh my indigenous culture and robots because there's two things that are very important to me very very passionate about and so combining two of my favorite things is just (laughs) it's just it's just a good fusion for me so where can people find you on online on social medias? I have an Instagram account uh, called Light Show. Uh, it's a Olgi art. Uh, um, it's Deer Clan in Muskogee. Uh, so if you know how to spell that, uh, it's it's spelled E C O V L K E. It's Light Show underscore Edzo Olgi underscore art, and that's where you can find me on Instagram. My name is Miko Thomas from Tupelo, Oklahoma. And who is your character? My character is called the Governor, and I'm a Stitzy. Hmm, friend to indigenous peoples. Oh, really? That's interesting. (laughs) So what inspired you to uh, become this character today? Well, Stitzy policies is so important with indigenous people. I want to sign contracts, compacts, make Oklahoma great again, yes. (laughs) Uh, You know, that sounds amazing to me. Um, As a Skixie and and, and a person of the indigenous people, 
What do you think of this uh, Indigipop X? It's been really, really fun. Can't wait for next year. Get more contracts. Get more money for Stitzy. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoy your costume. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> This is Noetta with Real Indigenous Podcast, and I'm standing here with a, an amazing actor. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us exactly where we've seen you? Yeah, uh, I'm uh, Topmo Pennicut. I'm from the Yukon Territory, White River First Nation. And uh, I've been doing this for 21 years, but I'm, I'm most well known for uh, Dollhouse and Battlestar Galactica and Supernatural. So you've been in the industry for a while. Um, what do you think about this uh, surgence of indigenous content coming out on television and film? It's long overdue, but I, I'm, I'm just so excited for all the uh, indigenous creatives that are coming out now and, uh, and taking control of their stories and uh, taking them away from people who really had no right telling their stories. Um, it's exciting to see uh, indigenous stories told by indigenous creatives. And this is a really special time in the history of filmmaking uh, for that. And, uh, and uh, I think the talent pool in the indigenous community is going to be, it's going to astound everyone. And we're going to see work uh, in comedy, in horror, in futurism, in fantasy, in thrillers, in anything you can imagine, any and every genre uh, coming from indigenous creatives that are going to blow people's minds um, and real contemporary stuff too. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm just really excited to be uh, playing a small part in that. So you do a lot of work in front of the camera. Do you have any content or um, uh, projects going on behind the camera? Yeah, I'm actively trying to produce uh, different scripts right now. I've got a, uh, a uh, writing partnership um, uh, with a couple of fellow producer creatives, uh, Stephanie uh, Mathias and, um, and Andrew Janelle, and they're both um, uh, uh, Salish from, uh, from British Columbia, where, where I live, and I've called home for over 20 years. And um, I'm, uh, I'm actively trying to produce and uh, hopefully eventually uh, direct my own projects also. That would be awesome. We, we definitely need more Indigenous creatives out there from all over. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, thank you. So is this your first time at Indigipop X? This is my first time. I was supposed to be here three years ago. And then, of course, because of COVID, everything got shut down. Um, but I'm happy to just be able to show up and come and, and finally make it here and support this wonderful thing at this incredible venue. We are so happy to have you here. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Be well. This is Noetta with the Real Indigenous Podcast, and I have a special guest with me today. She is a member of Gen Z, the Generation Z. Ladies and gentlemen, Lillian Harjo. Hi, Lillian. Hello. So you went to Indigipop X with me this weekend. What is your first impression? It's There are a lot of people there to show their work in art. So you like the art part. What did you think of um, the art that you saw? Like, what did you look at? Drawings and just little stickers and all that. 
like little potion stickers. That was cute. I thought they were cute. Did you get to go to any of the panels? Yes. What did you think of those panels? They were pretty fun. Which ones did you go to? The how to be a Twitch streamer one and, and the D&D. Okay, so was that the thing of the program that interested you the most was the Twitch and the D&D? Yes. Did you um, know any of the guest stars that appeared at the pop X? Yes. Who did you know? Shauna Baker. And she's the Twitch streamer. Yes. Okay. Um, Were you interested in any of the film and TV stuff that was going on? Mm, No. (laughs) Did you see any interesting, like, um, people dressed up? Yes. Did you recognize any of their characters? Not fully, but I knew who some of them were. Were most of them from TV or, like, anime or graphic novels? Mostly from, like, they were, like, mostly fictional. Mm -hmm. Fictional, just fictional characters and all that from, like, shows. So what was your favorite part other than the art? Mm, The things that people were selling. Just (laughs) selling. So you like the artist booths, basically. Okay. (laughs) Um, Overall, as somebody who this is your first time going, is there something you would like to see more of? Um, I'd like to actually see more cosplayers. I thought they were cool and all, and it'd be nice just to see how people what people can do. What did you think of the cosplay contest? Very fun. Very. Did you like the winners? Yes. (laughs) Who was your favorite? Uh, The one person dressed up as the little antagonist of the Dark Crystal. The Skeksy? Yeah, I can't remember their name. (laughs) Okay, and so would you go to another con like this again? Yes. What for? The cosplayers. (laughs) (laughs) If there was one superstar that you watch or know of that could come to a comic-con an an indigenous superstar who would that be i don't know i mean you got to meet celebrities yeah did you know who they were no (laughs) not quite you knew sterling right oh yeah (laughs) you met dear lady yes and you met you met mike and little oh. Mike and Funny Bone. They're yeah. all in reservation dogs. Yeah, I just never paid much <laughs> attention. Got distracted. Got distracted. Yeah. Okay, what was the funniest thing you saw while you were there? The giant, the the droids for the Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars booth or whatever. They chased you. Yeah, they chased me. <laughs> <laughs> what about the food? Did you, did you eat any of the food? Nah. Oh, yeah, the fry bread. I forgot that was there. But yeah, yeah. that was good fry bread, huh? Very. <laughs> okay, and do you, any last thoughts about the con? It's very fun and interesting. Okay, there you heard it first from our Gen Z experts on Real Indigenous Podcast. Thanks, Lillian. <laughs> You're welcome.